this week's uh, Alpha Architect weekly research summary. We've got three papers this week. I think some pretty interesting topics. Uh, the first paper we're going to talk about, it was, it was written by Wes. It was factor investing our value and momentum dead. Um, Jack, so th this paper is broken down into proving four separate facts. Um, the first fact that Wes went on to prove, the S&P 500 is a mega cap fund. The second fact was U.S. mega cap stocks have crushed every asset class over the last five years. The third fact Wes went on to prove was momentum is not dead. And the fourth fact uh, was large cap value may be dead, um, but value overall isn't dead. So we'll go one by one. Yep. How, how does Wes prove the S&P 500 is a mega cap fund? Yeah, so, well, that's probably the only thing, you know, he didn't prove anything, he just highlighted the, the facts, right? Just the wording there. Um, you know, highlighted some evidence in support of an idea, right? Yep. Um, sorry, I'm math background. Yeah. Can't prove any of this stuff, right? <laughs> so, but, but um, you know, uh, what Wes showed first was that the S&P 500, which I think everyone would agree, is a mega cap fund, which that's probably the one thing that you can actually prove out all those statements, right? And so what he showed was he did this two ways, and this, again, is looking at recent performance. So first he showed, though, using our like visual active share tool, just comparing like VTI, like Vanguard total stock market versus S&P, that S&P is really like an outlier relative to the whole stock market, right? Yeah. Um, it's very concentrated to mega cap stocks. Right. The second thing that he showed, which is what I think a lot of managers and advisors who, anyone who's tilted away from the S&P 500 knows, which is that over the past five years, if you were doing anything but the S&P 500, you would have underperformed. Right, so EFI underperformed, REITs did, bonds did horribly, commodities got killed. And then even within US equities, if you did S&P equal weight, you would have lost. If you did R2K, you would have lost even more. If you did small caps, you would have lost even more. So essentially, for the past five years, the trade to have been in was the S&P 500. And yeah, and, and, and so to hit on that too, where, where you were just kind of headed, because uh, Wes got into that too. So. There, there was a, a trend from like large cap to small cap yep. in terms of a, a size size difference in returns. Yeah, over the past five years, basically, as you went from large market cap weight down to smaller stocks, there was a decline in annualized returns over the past five years, yep. which is why any advisor who did anything but the S&P maybe haven't answered questions as to why my portfolio's not up with the S&P 500. Yeah, what, what what was it? Do you know the numbers? I think it was 13% annualized return for S&P 500 and then- Around there. Yeah, yeah. small cap was like 8% 8. over the last yeah. five years. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so tough, tough times for anybody who's following diversification, uh, which is most people probably. Yep. Um, uh, okay, so how, how does, so then, okay, so S&P 500 crushes everything, we got that. Um, how, how did, how did Wes go into talking about momentum not being dead? Yeah. So what Wes then did was, you know, uh, on the farmer French or Ken French website, right. Kind of in lieu of the, or, yeah, <clears throat> using the farmer French methodology, right. Ken French has those five by five portfolios whereby you cut the universe of all stocks on two dimensions. One is size yep. and one is momentum. 
right? And so what Wes looked at was, and, and we looked at within each size quintile, right? So you went from small up to large, right? So you had five buckets on size. We then took the winner and loser portfolio, right? So within the small caps, we looked at small loser, small winner. Within small mid, we looked at winner, loser, all the way up to megas, winner, loser, or loser, winner, right? And what we found is in, for every size bucket, we see that winners beat losers, and it wasn't even close, yep. right? But to highlight back to Wes's first point on S&P 500, while the winners did well in every bucket, you still, the best performer was winners in the mega cap bucket, yep. i.e., unless you were doing momentum in mega caps, you basically would have still lost to the S&P 500. Even though in every single size bucket, momentum did well. Yeah, right. But you still would have been, you know, net negative below the S&P 500 unless you were in mega caps. Yeah, yeah. So mid-cap momentum, you would have lagged. Small-cap momentum, you yeah. would have lagged. Even though it, it actually worked in the yeah. universe with which you were selecting securities from. Right, right. So. And, and, then, and then, like, so along those lines, West then compared value and growth by, by the different uh, sizes, market caps. Um, what, what did West see there? Yeah, so there, you know, this is where people have been arguing, you know, value has, is dead or value has underperformed, and that's true. So within the five buckets, we find that value underperformed in four of the five, wow. except for the bottom one, oh, yeah. which you could argue are micro caps, smaller stocks, that one could have a, a tough time trading anyway. So that's a true fact that over the past five years, value has lost to growth. Yeah, yeah, and then and same thing, yeah. By So by that size didn't really matter except in the smallest cap. That's correct. Right. Um, all right, any, any other general summary points on that paper? No, it, it was just highlighting that, um, you know, obviously momentum did well over that time period, um, whereas value underperformed relative to growth, even if you control for size. But all of them did poorly compared to the S&P 500, Got which it. is just a mega cap US fund. Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough, tough times for diversification. Um, so the, the second paper was, I, th I think, really interesting, uh, a little bit you know, outside of the norm, what we write about here. Um, but the, the topic was on opportunity zones. So I think it's something we've been hearing a lot about. Um, and we now have a full, well-written well paper on, on the subject. Um, because it's so deep, we're just going to kind of keep it, again, high level. Um, and you, you can go to the site and read more on it if you'd like. Um, but, but so the title of the paper was, Want to Minimize Capital Gains Taxes? Check out our Guide to Opportunity Zone Investments. Um, so the paper starts out with the following quote, because this is kind of where the real value is. If, if you have a large low basis stock problem or an embedded capital gain problem, the Opportunity Zone program could possibly be the single largest tax break you'll ever see. Um, Jack, what's the high level on these Opportunity Zones? Yeah, so it's probably a true fact, honestly. Um, high level is, you know, a lot of people have like low basis type securities, right? And as part of a new uh, tax law that was passed, I think it was unrelated to the tax cuts, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But it was passed at the end of last year. 
And um, what it, the kind of the idea behind it is to incentivize people to invest in opportunities that maybe are run down or are not, you know, what one would ideally want, right? As opposed to having like the government come in and throw money at it, this program allows individuals to it incentivizes them to invest in these areas, yep. right? And so, you know, how do you incentivize someone? to do something with their own capital in a place where, whereby you, they probably would not have looked originally, right? And how they do that is they say, hey, they give some tax breaks. And, and so what they allow is, um, it, it's akin to 1031. There's a lot of details in there I'd recommend everyone reading. But essentially, if you, let's say you have, you know, the example would be like, you know, uh, Apple stock bought it 20 years ago put $10,000 in, I don't know what it's worth now, right? Let's say it's worth a million dollars, you're like, crap, I need to diversify, yeah. right? So this could potentially allow you to sell that. You'd essentially have a million dollar gain, but this program, if you invest in these zones. Take that million dollars, put it in Put it in, a house you can defer or even eliminate that capital gain distribution if you stay invested for 10 plus years. Uh -huh. So again, devils in the details is not tax advice, but um, it allows you to basically minimize taxes, capital gains taxes, by investing in these areas. Um, and then obviously the caveat is, you know, you're going to go, generally you're going to go from a non-diversified position, like in my example, the Apple, right, to you may now be investing in a single project, right, right in one zone. So, you know, there's other uh, ideas such as there's funds now that are starting up that will invest in multiple zones yeah right so but i definitely recommend anyone with like that low basis security issue to take a look at this um then obviously there's going to be due diligence on what the actual investment is mm -hmm. um but i think it's a neat program that the government set up um to try to incentivize invest investments in uh you know some parts of the country that probably need uh capital thrown in there yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this paper walks you through kind of just generally h how you can go about doing it, invest in a, in a fund, or you could invest uh, yourself directly. But yeah. as, as Jack said, there's, uh, there are risks because you got to go, you got to go find something that's still a relatively good investment, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to find a business or a, you know, real estate property in those zones. Yeah. Right. So, you know, again, diversification, you may want to look for a fund. But of course, then there's going to be fees and stuff that are going to be thrown on there. So, right. Then you got to do your due diligence. Yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty 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 interesting strategy to avoid taxes. Um, but defer. like anything, defer, defer possibly taxes. possibly avoid. Well, that. you avoid. Yeah. yeah, you do avoid. possibly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, actually avoid. Um, so uh, the the last paper this week was written by Tommy. It's uh, hedge funds may profit from stock picking and help reduce mispricing. Um, so this is again kind of interesting because I, I think it goes against the grain on, on some of the some of the common knowledge out there. Um, but so the first question looked at here was, do hedge funds exploit mispricing in stocks? What did the research say here? So you know they they found this um, in the paper, and again you know what did they find? Essentially, the hedge funds were investing in stocks that we know historically kind of worked. So it was like smaller stocks, underpriced, maybe a little bit outside the S&P 500. So the authors did find that in their paper. Right. Um, 
And and then did the research say that hedge funds assist in reducing then mispricing in stocks? Kind of a next step to that. Yeah, um, that they they did find that in the paper, whereby um, or, or the authors argue that hedge funds assist in you know the price discovery mechanism uh, that the market actually needs, right? So so they did find that in the paper. Yeah. And they, they looked at, I guess, and they looked at um, just 13F data for all hedge funds. So they didn't break it out like individual hedge fund by individual hedge fund. Um, yeah, so that's a huge caveat yeah. to the results of the paper. Cause it's not saying every, it, they're, they're saying in aggregate. In aggregate. So right. could, could you make the argument then, like I'm not saying this is what happened, but you could make the argument like, you know, a few hedge funds did really well and kind of skewed the results, whereas but, possibly like... Because we're aggregating everything. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what result you're looking at. I think the one on price discovery is probably true, right? Because some are going to get it right, some are going to get it wrong, yeah. right? If you're just a passive buy and hold investor, you're saying, hey, I don't care what the price is. Yeah. If you're an active hedge fund type investor, obviously your job is to discover what the true price should be. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I think uh depends on what result you know, you'd want to caveat. But I think hedge funds probably in the past and probably in the future because they're actively trying to figure out what the best price is for the security will assist in the pricing of stocks. Got it. All right. So, so hedge, hedge funds may help in reducing mispricing. Um, opportunity zones could help you avoid defer taxes either or. Um, value and momentum is not dead or maybe value kind of is. Um, and you should own the S&P 500 the last five years. So, that, that's our summary for this week, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. The views expressed in this recording are the personal views of the participants as of the date indicated, and do not necessarily reflect the views of Alpha Architect itself. Nothing contained in this recording constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, and should not be viewed as a current or past recommendation or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities, or to adopt any investment strategy. The information in this recording is based on current market conditions which will fluctuate and may be superseded by subsequent market events or for other reasons. Alpha Architect does not resume any duty to update forward-looking statements. The information in this recording has been developed internally and or obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, no representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made or given by or on behalf of Alpha Architect as to the accuracy and completeness or fairness of the information contained in this recording. Any liability as a result of this recording, including direct, indirect, special, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2018, Alpha Architect LLC. All rights reserved.